Welcome back to the series. We're in um, week seven. Today we're going to tackle the dynamic gifts. Last week we talked about the, um, the declarative gifts. The week before that was the discerning gifts. Um, key verse for the series has been John chapter 16, verse 7. And it says this. I want you to hear what Jesus says. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He makes this statement. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Can you believe Jesus said that it is best for you that I go away? I mean, that, that's a bold statement from Jesus, right? Like, it's, it's, it's the, the best thing I can do for you is, 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 is leave. Imagine the disciples. All they'd ever known is Jesus. All they'd ever known is the flesh of Jesus, they, the, the person of Jesus, right? They never knew about this Holy Spirit. They never experienced the Holy Spirit. Nobody else was there to tell them the story about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, it's best for you that I go so that he can come. Well, that's good stuff. But you know what that does? You know what Jesus did in that statement? Jesus validated the importance of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords, right? I mean, we all believe that. I mean, there's nobody better than Jesus. Come on, somebody. There's nobody. But Jesus even says it's best that I go away so that he can come. That's the best thing for you. So I say that to say this, that, that for every one of us today, I hope we walk out of here with a deep desire and a deep hunger for more of the Holy Spirit. Because every one of us should be led by the Holy Spirit and not by ourselves. So that's the statement Jesus makes. That's, that's basically why we wrote this series, was because of that one statement. The church today more than ever needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. Believers today, more than ever, need to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's so many things pulling at your emotions, in your perspectives, in your mind, in your opinions. There's opinions everywhere. It's everywhere you turn, somebody's got something to say. What's the Holy Spirit saying? That's the real question. We all need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so today we're answering the question, we're continuing to answer the question, how do I use the gifts of the Spirit? Very important most important for the times we're living in right now. Do you know people don't want to hear what you've got to say? The minute they realize you're a Christian, they turn their ears off. I'm serious. They turn their ears off. They don't want to hear what you've got to say because they've already judged you, and they're already thinking you're coming from this certain perspective, so I don't want to hear what you have to say. Okay, that's fine. I don't need to raise my voice. I just need to use my gifts. Amen? More than ever today, we need to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we've been talking about three different groups of gifts. There's nine gifts all together. And by the way, Paul said in chapter 12, he said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. We need to know. We need to take a personal responsibility to understand and then to learn how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we took the nine gifts, broke them into three categories. The first category is the discerning gifts. Those are words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Those are discerning gifts because they help you to see and understand what's going on around you. Does that make sense? It gives you a perspective. It, 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 those gifts open your eyes to some things. 
Then the second one is the, is the declarative gifts. And those are prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Made for a great life group this week. <laughs> I think we went like an hour over. <laughs> prophecy, tongues, the interpretation of tongues, declarative gifts. They're called declarative because they're, they're meant to declare something. They speak out, they speak forth, they speak of the future. And then today we're talking about the dynamic gifts. And these are faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles. Now the word dynamic comes from the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all used to watch Good Times? Dynamite! Anybody? Come on, somebody. Don't leave me hanging. That was my show. Love me some, y'all got a pastor, JJ. <laughs> it's where we get the word dynamite from. Is dynamite quiet? Is dynamite meek? Dynamite is explosive. Dynamite is impactful. When dynamite goes off, it gets everybody's attention. Dynamite creates a change, Right? If a stick of dynamite went off at the, at, the, at the arena right there in the next five minutes, we would all stop, change our positions, right, <laughs> and bolt out the door and head to the cars. Come on, somebody. Because <laughs> these days, you never know what's going on. Jesus used, I mean, they used the same word in the book of Acts. And then Jesus said this. He said, you will receive power. That's the same word. That word power is the same word as dunamis, which is the same word as dynamite. Jesus told the disciples, you will receive power or dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes on you. There's power. There's a force. There's a strength that comes when you follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When you're anointed and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you yield your heart to be used by him, there's explosiveness inside of you. Which means this, I don't have to walk into a situation and conform to the situation. I'm the dynamite. I'm the one that changes the situation. Amen? So instead of conforming to what I'm around, I'm going to come in and blow up. Now, I might have to redefine that because some of y'all think blow up. I'm going to tell everybody what to do. No, not, not that kind of blow up. Second Timothy, Paul said this. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. That's what I'm talking about. He's given us a spirit of, a spirit of power. Watch this. Love and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. That's a weird category because how do you put power in the same category with love and self-discipline? But in God's eyes, they're supposed to work together. Power, love, and self-discipline. And I believe this is a word for us today. I believe some of you need to hear this today, that God has not given you a spirit of fear. And I want to say this to you today. I'm proud of you for being at church this morning. I'm proud of you for not letting COVID-19 keep you from church. I'm proud of you for being here today. You know, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as is the manner of some, but as you see the day approaching, 
Like you need to go harder. So the tendency is to draw back right now, right? But the word of God says to go forward, not in ignorance, not in stupidity, not without any wisdom. He just says to go forward. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now we're doing everything we can to to create a sanitized, safe environment. I'm not going to chase that rabbit. It's a big rabbit, though. I ain't going to lie to you. I got an itch. But he's not giving us a spirit of fear. He's giving us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. So number one, the first uh, dynamic gift we're going to talk about today is the gift of faith. The gift of faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. A supernatural impartation means that God comes in and imparts something to you of belief and confidence for a specific situation. This is not the same faith that it takes to get saved. This is the ability to perceive what God wants to do next. A gift of faith, a dynamic gift of faith, is that no matter what you're currently walking through, you have this innate ability inside of you to go, this looks crazy, but I know my God. He's got something on the other side. Let's just walk through it and see what happens. A gift of faith doesn't retreat. A gift of faith walks forward, knowing that no matter what happens, God has something on the other side. And if I should die, God will even use my death to do something incredible. So I want to show you a story in the the book of Acts, chapter 6, of this guy named Stephen who exercised the gift of faith. Currently, we pick up the story in chapter 6, the church is exploding. After the day of Pentecost, or on the day of Pentecost, they all pray in tongues. That, that actual account of praying in tongues was, was praying in other languages that people could understand. So, so they're all praying, 120 of them in this room, and there's a festival going on. All of a sudden, all these people from these different languages come, and, and a crowd forms. Peter stands and preaches, 3,000 people get saved. Come on, that's church, y'all. Then the church continues to grow. The Bible says that they met in house-to-house life groups. And as they did that, the church continued to grow daily. Every day, the church continued to grow. God was moving. The church was growing. The church should always be growing. Amen? And so the church is growing, and, and you know, with growth comes problems. It does. Church growth, more problems. But God gives us answers and solutions. So the apostles are getting exhausted. They're having to feed these people, feed those people. They're having to take care of these people because, you see, the church is supposed to take care of itself. It's supposed to be self-sufficient. Come, come. You should know the person sitting next to you or across the aisle, and you should know if they're struggling. You see, that's another reason to be in life groups is because then you can discover who's struggling, who needs something, who needs some care, who needs some attention, and then you can meet those needs, and then the church can become self-sufficient. And then they, they decide to appoint some guys to lead, watch this now, the meal ministry. Because some people were complaining. You see, when the church starts to grow, people start to complain. That's okay, let them complain. It just means there's a problem that we need to take care of. 
So they appoint some guys. Listen, listen to this in Acts chapter 6, verse 5. It says, And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man, listen to how they describe him, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Stephen. Who's Stephen? He's a man full of faith and a man full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Notice it didn't say he's a knucklehead and he's full of himself. Right? He's a man of faith and he's full of the Holy Spirit. How do people describe you? Just got quiet up in this church. <laughs> Stephen was just a normal guy. He was not an apostle. He got picked by the apostles to serve in the meal ministry. I'm going to show you today that God will use you no matter where you are. If your heart is yielded to him, he will use you no matter where you're serving, no matter what you're doing. You may be parking cars in the parking lot, and God will use you there if you're full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen didn't have a microphone. He didn't have a stage. He wasn't, he wasn't given a platform. Stephen was given a plate and a spoon, a box of goodies. Pass these out. Verse 8 says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, they describe him again, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Now, he didn't get a job change to be able to do great signs and wonders. He was still serving meals, doing signs and wonders. Well, somebody's got to be getting this today because God wants to use you to do signs and wonders. You see, for too long, the church has said the preacher has to do the signs and wonders. And we wait for special people to come in to do signs and wonders. You're supposed to do signs and wonders. Yeah. It's for you. Not just for this building. He didn't stop waiting tables to do signs and wonders and miracles. He's doing them as he does his thing. What is a sign? <laughs> signs are visible pointers to God's supernatural activity. What are wonders? Works intended to create a sense of awe and amazement. Stephen had a gift of faith, even when he was passing out meals. Do you know every place you go, God wants to do something there? Every place you go, God wants to do something there. Who's his man or woman for that place? You are. And if you're full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, you'll see signs and you'll see wonders. The Bible says it. The Bible don't lie. Right? It's for you. It's for you. So Stephen's doing all these great things. He's passing out meals. He's signs and wonders. Miracles are happening all around him. Great things are going on. Well, anytime you, draw, you start to do some incredible things for God, you tend to draw attention. And then you tend to get criticism, right? Come on, you turn the lights on, the roaches start to move around. Uh, <laughs> Stephen's stirring some things up. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the religious officials come. And they say, oh, no, we've got to shut this down. And so they, they, they try to, they arrest him and they, and they try to, 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 to regulate what he's doing. Watch chapter seven. It says this. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. <laughs> you ever get somebody look at you like that? 
But he, watch this, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. There's only a couple places in Scripture where it says Jesus is standing. Most of the time it says he's sitting. But in this moment, when Stephen's about to get killed for preaching the gospel and being led by the Holy Spirit, Jesus decides to stand up. Standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud with a loud voice, and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, here's the gift of faith, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord Do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen's heart wasn't to get revenge. His heart wasn't to complain about his troubles. His heart was to see God move in his situation, no matter what. And even in his death, Lord, please forgive them for what they're doing. What does that mean? That means that Stephen had a gift of faith. That means he realized that whatever I'm going through right now, God's going to do something on the other side of it. So the focus doesn't need to be me. The focus needs to be the kingdom of heaven and what God wants to do in this situation. Amen? This should be helping already. Because you see, faith is trusting God and trusting that he has something beyond this that will be great on the other side. Amen. Stephen could never say what he want, what he said without the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that forgiveness is faith in action? Man, the Bible says you can, you can say you have faith, you can talk a religious language, but if you don't have love and you don't give forgiveness, then what you say and what you do means nothing. Like forgiveness is faith in action. Oh, I'm strong. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in this group and I'm in that. I serve over here and I do this. I read my Bible every day. But you've got unforgiveness in your heart. Why don't you let all those things get up in your heart and cause you to put some faith in action and forgive people? Number two, gift of healings. How many of you like this one? Come on. Gift of healings. A supernatural ability to restore someone to divine health, gift of healings. Supernatural ability to restore someone to divine health. How many of you believe that God has the power to heal a sick body? Show of hands. If you don't, just wait long enough. Somebody close enough to you is going to get sick, and then you're going to have to have yourself a little bit of faith. And you're going to have to start believing for God to do something incredible. Let me give you a couple of misunderstandings about the gift of healing because there's two extreme types of thinkings that are wrong today. The one side guess says this, that God no longer heals. It's like all of a sudden one day he decided to quit. <laughs> you know what, I've had enough of this healing thing. Let's just shelf that for a little while and we may come back to it later. These people don't deserve it. That's one side of thinking. They think that also about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
And the other side says, if you're sick, it's because you lack faith. And if you don't have enough, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't be sick in the first place and you'd already be healed. What, I'll put some condemnation on somebody, huh? I mean, come on, you're sick. It's like, you ain't got no faith. What's wrong with you? Get some more faith and you might get healed. But I'm sick. Two different types of thinking. Maybe that person will get some faith if you decide to get involved and pray and help and maybe even lay a hand with a gift of healing. Uh-oh. Like you, you lay a hand on them and use the gift of the Holy Spirit and they get healed. You know what happens the next time they get sick? They might just do this. <laughs> they might just lay hands on themselves. Both approaches are wrong. Watch this. I'm going to prove it to you. In Psalms 103, verse 3, it says this. For he gives, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Well, it's a good verse, right? He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. So if Jesus forgave all our sins and heals all our diseases, why do Christians still get sick? Dun, dun, dun. Did Jesus bear all of our sins on the cross? Yes, but, but you, still, you still sin, don't you? He took care of all of our sickness on the cross, didn't he? But you still get sick. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. Because we live in, this, in a sick world. A diseased world. Our God heals no matter what. Listen to me. He heals. He has the ability to heal any and everything. But he doesn't always heal everybody. You see, there's some things in Christianity sometimes, some topics and some thinking and some discussion where sometimes you get yourself in a corner and you kind of go, what does God do with all this? Wow. Like, you ever lost somebody and you prayed your guts out for them and you're like, God, why didn't you heal them? Like, why? Did a funeral one time for this baby in our church who was born and she lived for like a day or day and a half and then she died and, and I, knew her, I knew her grandparents and I knew her parents and they all had faith and they had a, a massive community of people praying for her and, we, and I was praying for her and we were praying that God would heal her. There was complications in the womb all the way through and then she's born and we're like, God, heal her. God didn't heal her. And then they asked me to do the funeral. I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to say? Uh, oops. <laughs> sorry. God says he's sorry. Huh? You know what God told me to tell him? You had enough faith. But this was my decision. And you don't understand it now, but you'll understand it one day. You see it? My thinking is we swing for the fences. Somebody's sick, we go for it. <laughs> Trusting God for complete healing. We put all our faith into it. We, we throw everything in the, in the middle of the table. And we go, Lord, we're believing you for a miracle right now. But at the end of the day, the miracle is his responsibility. The healing is his responsibility. Amen? You see, because God chooses the who, the when, and the how, he will heal 
Are you okay with that? You know, not everybody in the Bible was healed. Jesus didn't heal everybody. Paul had an affliction that he carried with him his whole life. He said, I prayed specifically three times for God to take this away from me, and he never did. Why not? Because God chose for him to walk with that. It was a part of his ministry and his purpose. Amen? But God does heal. I think he likes to heal. I love to hear stories of, of healings. I love to hear stories of people who, I'll never forget one time I prayed for a buddy of mine where we were traveling back and forth to work, and he said, man, I got this headache, man. Oh, oh, and he's complaining. I was getting a headache from him complaining about his headache. And finally, I reached over and I said, Jesus healed this man. I was more like, heal him for my sake. <laughs> and, and boom, his headache went away. I love those stories. Pastor Bubba's one of those stories. Nine years walking with three forms of cancer, and God does a miracle. God might give you the, the, or the Holy Spirit might give you the ability to heal someone in this situation, but then the next situation, he might not heal them. Be satisfied with what God gives you in that moment. Amen? Because you see, here's the truth. My faith isn't based on what he does or doesn't do. My faith is based on who he is. So if God decides not to heal somebody, it should not affect my faith. My faith should remain the same because of who God is, not because of what he does. Does that make sense? So if you base your faith on what God does or doesn't do, then you're going to be bipolar in your faith. Amen? But if you set your faith on who God is, that he has the ability to do anything at any moment, at any place, anywhere, if you set your faith on that, that he can do, and this is who he is and he loves to do, you set your faith on that, no matter what he does, your faith never moves. Does that make sense? So let me show you a story with the gift of healings. Acts chapter 3. Uh, Peter and John were going to the temple. It was going to a prayer meeting, basically. And uh, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they, they laid daily at the gate of the temple. By the way, the gate was called Beautiful, which I think is ironic. Um, to ask for alms, basically to beg for money of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple... He asked them for some money. You ever get somebody that asks for help at all the wrong times? Come on, ministry never comes when it's convenient. Like ministry always comes when you're about to blast out the door and go somewhere that you've been dying to go. <laughs> I mean, listen, guys, just plan a date with your wife. Like set up the, the reservations, plan the day, get a babysitter for the kids, get everything going right. And watch and see if somebody doesn't call and say, hey, man, I really need somebody to talk to right now. You're like, bro. <laughs> but you see, we live in a culture where people don't like to be bothered. But man, I believe this, if we'll allow the Holy Spirit room if we'll make room for some inconvenience in our lives, it will, if we'll make some room for the Holy Spirit to move, he'll move. Amen. He'll definitely move. Watch, it happens here. 
So Peter and them are walking in. They're going to pray, man. They're, they're, it's, it's prayer meeting time. Like if they're like me, I'm a one-track mind. It's, it's time to go to prayer. Like today, it's, it's time to go to church. Now when church is done today, I'll be like, it's time to take a nap. <laughs> one-track mind. <clears throat> and Peter, watch this. Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive some money from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took the man by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. <laughs> Next verse. And leaping up. He stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who had sat at the gate beautiful of the temple asking for money, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It's like all of a sudden, you want to talk about dynamite? That's dynamite. Like this dude was doing the same thing he had always done. I'm crippled. I'll be crippled the rest of my life. I'll just soon sit out here and beg for money, just take advantage of my, my handicap and beg for money and just, you know, make a living. And in an instant, two believers, that's all Peter and John are, two believers, filled with the Holy Spirit, come walking by, allow room to be bothered. Don't give him what he's asking for. Gives him what he needs. And his life, in an explosive way, was changed that day. How much do we need that today? How bad does the world around us need that kind of experience with God today? Come on. I mean, this dude got up leaping and, and praising he didn't have to go to the next step to start praising. He had an encounter with God. Come on, somebody. And he started praising God on his own. Why? Because the gift of healing was, was done in his life, was extended to him. God touched him, and boom, there it went. I got to hurry up. I think that means I got to hurry up. Dang. <sighs> Thought I had plenty of time. Y'all start at 1030, right? Okay. <laughs> watch this <laughs> not only did the healing come from God but the faith came from God it was the faith given by God that healed the man not the lame man's faith you know God just doesn't heal bodies right God heals broken hearts and God heals broken relationships he can heal all that third one working of miracles, divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. How many of you, there's something in your life right now where you would love to see God intervene on your behalf? Show hands. You need, you need a miracle. You need a divine intervention, watch this, that alters our natural circumstances. The lame man walking was amazing. And it was a great, it was a great gift of healing. But I want you to see something today. That wasn't the end of the story. Because that gift of healing, that healing led to a miracle. I want to show it to you today. Uh, verse 11, Acts chapter 3, verse 11. While, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. 
And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. So Peter sees this crowd coming. He goes, preaching opportunity. And he preaches. Again, this is only chapter 3, y'all. Peter preaches again. And then, and then the Bible says that 5,000 men, they didn't even count the women and children in those days, 5,000 men got saved. It's not because Peter had a pre-prepared sermon that he was coming with a word. Peter was going to pray. He was just going to the prayer meeting and he seen an opportunity and he, he, he told the guy, grabbed him by the hand, said, come on, get up and walk in the name of Jesus, be healed. And boom, the guy gets up, starts leaping and praising God and acting all crazy and the guy won't leave him. <laughs> you see, the healing drew the people to the preaching for the miracle to happen. The gifts of the Holy Spirit open up the ears of the deaf people in this world. Can I say that one more time? The gifts of healing open the ears of those that don't want to listen anymore to the preaching of the gospel. Because it's still the preaching of the gospel that gets people saved. But there was a problem. Peter's going to get in trouble for this one. Remember, Stephen gets stoned. Peter gets thrown in jail. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Do you know somebody getting saved is a miracle? That's the miracle. It's not whether or not you lay your hands on your washing machine and it starts working again. It's whether or not somebody gets saved. Come on, son. Now, God will heal your washing machine. I've seen that happen, too, just because he likes you. But the real miracle is when somebody gets saved. Our purpose, our goal in life is to see folks get saved. Listen to how the leaders, after all this happens, listen to how they see Peter and John now. They saw the boldness, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated. Come on, somebody. Uneducated. Like, I don't have to go to, to get a degree. That, that makes my heart feel good because I hate school. Like, I don't have to have a degree to see God move. I'm uneducated. Like, I just, I'm just dumb enough to believe God. You know, he's like, okay, God, whatever you want to do, let's do it. And boom, that's why your kids can see miracles more than we can. <laughs> uneducated, common men, they were astounded and they recognized what is so important. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. The gifts of the Holy Spirit will shut up your enemy. You tired of hearing people barking at you? Tired of hearing people complaining and critiquing everything you do? Be led by the Holy Spirit. He'll shut them up for you. But that was good enough to be led right there just by itself. If you just shut some people up, like, I'm good. <laughs> like, I don't need no more motivation than that. Just shut a few people up. I'm good. I'll give you a list of names of people you need to shut them up. <laughs> so we serve a miracle-working God. Peter's shadow was so powerful that it would begin to heal people. Peter raises a woman from the dead. An angel breaks Peter out of jail. Paul and Silas deliver a girl from a demon 
prison doors were opened by an earthquake, and they led a jailer and his family to Jesus. A boy falls out of a window, dies, and Paul brings him back to life. Paul is bitten by a poisonous viper and doesn't die. Come on, somebody. That was a cotton mouth. But let me show you the other side of it. Peter and John were beaten and imprisoned. Stephen was stoned to death. Christians were scattered because of persecution. James was executed. Paul was stoned. Paul and Silas arrested, beaten, and imprisoned. Paul was arrested and tried and imprisoned. You know, God doesn't perform miracles just to make life easy and pleasant for us. He performs miracles to get people to look at him. And he chooses to use us to do that. He gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be used into the world today to reach people that are lost. It's used in the church today to build one another up and to help one another. So do miracles still occur today? You better believe it. They happen every day, all day, everywhere. God is a miracle-working God. Did you hear me this morning? God's a miracle-working God. He can still do anything. Some are big, some are small, some are seen, some aren't seen. So the question is not whether or not God still does miracles today and whether or not God still heals and whether or not we can still have a gift of faith. The real question today is, is your heart open enough? yielded to the Holy Spirit enough for him to use you in somebody's life, to see the miracle. Watch this. And to feel the miracle. Here's what's so cool about being led by the Holy Spirit. So when I yield my heart to him, he anoints me. He fills me. It's a Holy Spirit gift. He drives the gift. I don't have to strain it out. He drives it through me. I just got to be the vessel. Lay a hand on somebody. I trust that your body is going to recover in the name of Jesus. You know what happens in a moment like that? It's the power of God comes through me, and I feel it. And it goes into this person, and they feel it. They recover, and now we both got a story to tell about God's glorious abilities. Amen? And I get to walk away with an experience of God. Christianity is the most radical thing on the planet today. It's the most adventure-driven thing there is. Christianity, if you're bored with Christianity, you need to check your heart. Like, you need to check your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Who are you following? Because if you follow the Holy Spirit, it's not boring. There's miracles, signs, and wonders all over the place. I'll never forget, I was in Crowley one day, and I like to go through the garden center, uh, I was at the Walmart. I like to go through the garden center because you can bypass the people that ain't at the other lines checking people out. And so I was slipping through and I was in a hurry. You ever get in a hurry? And I was impatient. And I'm standing there and, I, and I'm like, oh man, somebody else done found out my secret. They got 10 people in the garden center trying to check out groceries in the garden center. So I'm waiting and, I'm, and then one lady, you know, she comes up there with a check. She don't trust them to print the check. She got to write the check. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm I'm literally dying. And the lady checking them out, it's just a talking. I'm like, 
So I'm trying to be a good Christian. On the inside, it looked like a tornado. Sometimes I go, and I get one person in front of me, and I hear the lady tell her, she said, oh, girl, I'm all stressed out. I said, girl, what you stressed out about? I said, I go take some tests tomorrow. What kind of test you taking? Girl, I had cancer, and it was gone. God healed me, but whew, I'm just so nervous it's going to come back, and I'm just so worried. And, and I heard the Holy Spirit go, hello, hello. Like, get out of yourself. Hello. Opportunity. So I stepped up. It was my turn. I had my debit card ready. Come on, somebody. I'm like, like, nobody's going to feel the way I feel behind me. And I come up and I said, how you doing? She said, I'm good. So she checked out my stuff. My mom did that. I said, hey, can I pray for you? She looked up and she said, well, yeah. I just put my hands on and I prayed for her that she would get a good report. Now there's some responsibility that we all have in a moment like that. My responsibility was to have faith and obey what the Holy Spirit was leading me to, right? Now I didn't get the report while I'm standing there checking out that it took too long. I didn't know what her report is to this day. I don't know what her report is. I did my part. What was my part? Have faith and pray. I walked away like I'm done. <laughs> like, and I did this. I was uh, walking in the park. I'm like, it's your turn. <laughs> Why? Because the results aren't mine. The results are his. So you know what that should do for every one of us? It should take the fear away. That, oh God, if, if I pray and I don't see a result, then I'm going to be called a lunatic and I'm going to be called this. No, the results are not yours. The results are his. You just act and obey. You just have faith and do what God called you to do. Meet somebody where they are and see what God does. Amen? Let's pray. I hope you're excited for the Holy Spirit to use you this week because I'm about to pray something over you going to mess you up. Lord, I pray right now for this church that God, we take this word, your word, and we walk out of these doors and we go into that earth and we begin to be used by you to do miracle signs and wonders. God, I pray for even the person that's, that's just, honestly, Lord, they're just shaking in their pants right now. They're scared to death. I cast that fear off in the name of Jesus. And I call down the power of the Holy Spirit over you that God said is yours. And I pray a boldness and a courage over you like you've never known before that when you walk out of these doors, you'll start to see the opportunities in front of you. And instead of walking around them or running from them, you'll walk to them and you'll trust God to use you in them. And then God will do his thing and the world around you will start to change. I pray that over this church today, God, for a holy boldness and a courage like we've not known before. These times are screaming for it. This world is screaming for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we have them. And Lord, I pray you use them through us. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. I thank you for it today. Amen.